Let me get all this on real quick. Merry Christmas, everybody. Everybody doing all right? Okay, okay, okay. So blessed, so blessed to be here with you guys. Let's give it up for our worship team one more time because that was so powerful as well. (laughs) It was so good. You know that this word has promises in it. Did you know that? This Bible, this book that some of you only read one verse of a day on your app, that (laughs) nobody in this room, of course, people watching online, (laughs) none of you do that. But this Bible has promises in it. There's words, there's truths, there's facts drenched in these pages. There's the truth found in this word. There's promises found in this word. From the very start, we see with Adam and Eve, they start pointing to Jesus. From the Proto-Evangelium, the very first mention of the Savior that is to come. At the beginning of the book, we see he said he'll stop on the serpent's head. He's talking about Jesus. And throughout even that first book, we see God say these things. We see God tell Abraham. We see God make covenant with Abraham. We see him speak of what's to come. We see him speak of the Savior that is to come. And today I want to look at some of these these covenants that the Lord made and these promises that he's given us and understand that when he speaks, his word does not return void. And when he says it will come to pass, it comes to pass. And we see Abraham in the beginning of the book in Genesis, we see him make a covenant with the Lord. His name was Abram. He changed his name. You're Abraham now. You have a covenant with me. If you follow me, this is how it's going to go. Abraham says, Lord, I'm following you. We see God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son. The same way Jesus did. The same way God sacrificed his son. We see it at the beginning of the book. We see God ask Abraham, he said, hey, lay down this thing that you've been praying for forever. Lay down this thing that I promised you. Sacrifice it unto me. And he gets ready to do it, and God says, okay, I see where your heart is. And he said, because of your faith, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. Everybody say, all nations. He says, through your offspring, All nations will be blessed. They'll be blessed. Through your offspring. And Abraham didn't know it at the time because we're thousands of years away from it. But at the time he was speaking of what was to come. And what was to come was the Savior of the universe, our Lord Jesus Christ. What was to come was the Savior of the universe through his offspring. You may not believe it right now when God gives you a promise. You may not be alive to see it come to pass. But if he said it to you, through your offspring, all nations will be blessed. Abraham's just like, cool, sounds great. I'm 100 years old. I just had a baby. That's insane. (laughs) Sounds cool. Thank you. But what God is saying is that your offspring is going to save the world. Your offspring is going to save humanity. You don't know it yet. You don't see it. You won't see it. (laughs) 
You're going to be sitting up here in heaven with me when it happens. But he's going to save the world. We fast forward and we see David, son of Jesse. I haven't got to preach my David and Psalm message here. I'm excited to preach it, though. But we see David, the son of Jesse, and that's the title of my message today is Root of Jesse. Because we see King David anointed as king during King Saul's reign. We see Samuel go to David or go to Jesse and say, hey, I have word from the Lord that one of your sons is God's chosen king for my people. And Jesse says, okay, cool. Here's the oldest one. Samuel says, no, not him. He goes through seven of his sons. He said, do you have another one? And Jesse said, yeah, I got this, this stinky teenager out in the field tending the sheep. <laughs> his name's David. He's out there just, you know, doing the little kid job. He's out there watching the sheep. He's doing his thing. He says, bring him to me. And Samuel says, that's him. That's the man after God's heart. That's him. That's the one. And we see David rise and do great things. We see him become king. We see him slay Goliath. We see him win battles. We see him do so much greatness. And we see God make a promise unto him. His desire was to build a house for the Lord. He said, Lord, I have a temple. I want to build a temple for you. Your ark has been in a tent. I want to build a temple unto you. And we see God speak to David through Nathan, and he gives him a promise. Everybody say a promise. He gives him a promise. We see it in 2 Samuel 7, verse 11. It says, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod wielded by men, with the flogging inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken from him, as I took it away from Saul, who I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Gave him a promise. And there's so much weight in that promise. There's so much weight when you really think about it, when you really think about what he said to David, when you really think about what he promised him, the covenant that he made with him from the son of Jesse to the root of Jesse, he says, I will be with you and you will be on the throne from your offspring. He said, when you're dead and gone, David, your offspring will be my son. He said, your offspring will be my son. And when you just feel the weight of it, when you feel the weight that God was putting on his lineage, when you feel the weight of it, you say, oh, my Lord, because he knew. He said, David, I know you're going to sin. I know you're going to mess up. I know your kids are going to be messed up. I know these generations that are coming after you are going to get it all wrong. You personally, man after my heart, you're going to break it. I know what you're going to do, but I'm making you a promise. I'm making you a promise right now. 
And even through it all, even through the bad, even through the deception, even through the lies, even through the murder that you're about to commit, I'm making you a promise. I'm making you a promise that from your offspring, the Savior of this world will come. He told him what was going to happen. He said he's going to get beat. He's going to wield the sin. He's going to put it on his back. He said, your lineage will be blessed forever and ever. He made him a promise. In church, we, have, we see the Israelites after this point. Oh, man, they go through it. They have greatness. They have terrible kings. They have downfalls. They get split. They get divided. They get put in bondage. They get exiled to Babylon. They lose their way. They lose their way. But we see the Lord continue to speak. We see the Lord continue to share and say, hey, I'm still here. Remember that promise that I made David? It's still here. Remember that promise that I put over his life and told him? Just because he messed up, just because you messed up, just because you did everything opposite of the way I told you to do it, I'm still going to honor my promise. I'm still going to honor my promise. And we see it in in Isaiah verse 11, 11, verse 1 through 5. He begins to talk. The prophet Isaiah begins to speak of the root of Jesse. The root of Jesse. David's father. That birthed David, that from that lineage would come Jesus. But we see him begin to speak of the root of Jesse in, in Isaiah 11, and he says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Thank you, Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decision for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. From the root of Jesse, there will be a branch. There will be a branch that comes forward. He'll save the world. He'll be righteous. Isaiah predicted it first. He said, there's a branch that's coming. He saw it in the midst of the ugly. He saw it in the midst of the mess. He said, there's a branch that will come from the root of Jesse. There's a branch that's coming. Righteousness will be around him. He will give peace. He will give a blueprint. He will give an exceptional miraculous, divine blueprint on how we are to live. And after he's done giving us that blueprint, he's going to die for our sins. He said, there is a branch from the root of Jesse that's coming. I know we're in the middle of it. I know we're in the middle of hard times. I know we're struggling. I know we're divided as a people. I know that we've been exiled into Babylon. I know that we're in bondage, but there is a root 
of Jesse that will bear a branch, church, that will lead us to freedom, that will lead us to peace, that will lead us to joy. And I know today some of us are going through it. I know today some of us are going through it. And we look at our world and we say, oh, my God, how, why? We look at some people that are even in our, our workplaces or are in schools and we say, what? God, why? Just crazy stuff, right? But this prophecy that Isaiah is pointing to, he says, there's a root of Jesse that's coming. And that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating the branch that came from the root of Jesse. We're celebrating it. I want to look at another prophet, Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 33, he talks about it too. He talks about the same thing. And I love how the Lord does this throughout the Bible. He brings it up again and again and again when their people are at their worst. Israel was in disarray. The people were all over the place. They were acting crazy. They were burning their babies. There were prophets saying that that was okay. There were teachers saying everything's all good. It sounds a lot like 2023. Pastors saying that's okay, yeah. And Jeremiah was the only one to stand up and say that's not okay. It's not okay. We're being exiled. We're being destroyed. We've lost our way. But in the midst of it all, in Jeremiah 33, he speaks to the root of Jesse. He speaks to the prophecy. He speaks to the promise that the Lord made to David. And he says, in those days, in that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. The Lord, our Savior. The Lord, our righteous Savior. He goes on to say, for this is what the Lord says. David will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel. He says the root of Jesse will never fail to have a man sit on the throne of Israel. That promise that he made to Abraham, that promise that he made to David, that prophecy that Isaiah gave, the prophecy that Jeremiah aligned it with, he said he will be righteous. He will be a righteous branch, and he's going to set it right. I know we've been messed up. I know we did things the wrong way, but we can take hope in this. He will be a righteous branch from that lineage. We see these prophets during this time. We see in um, Zechariah, he points it out. He says, I'm going to bring my servant, the branch. So I'm going to bring my servant, the branch. So we get pieces and we get viewpoints of what the Lord is going to be. Isaiah predicts the birth all the way to the death of Jesus. Jeremiah tells us that he is going to be righteous and he will be the king from the line of David. Zechariah calls him the servant, the branch. 
they begin to reveal aspects about our Lord and Savior Jesus, that he's going to be all of these things. He's going to check all of these boxes. He's going to take care of us. Amen? He's going to take care of us. We see him checking all these boxes. We see these prophets saying, oh, my Lord, we're in the middle of it. But you remember that promise God gave me. In church, that's a word for you today. You got to get a promise. Only way you get a promise is reading this word. The only way you will ever know what the Lord is trying to speak to you is by reading this word. Not one verse a day. That's not enough. If you went to the gym and did one push-up, would that be enough to make you look good? (laughs) Come on. One verse a day isn't enough. When was the last time you sat down and read? Really read. Think about it. Reflect right now on yourself. When was the last time you prayed? Prayed for more than three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Dare I even challenge you with an hour? One hour. When was the last time you did it? And then you want to ask God to show you promises while you're going through hell. We want God to move in our nation. We want him to heal our families, heal our children, make these waves occur. God, we want to see miracles, but we're not willing to. We're not willing to give you any time. We're not willing to listen to your voice. We sat in, in silence here for a minute. I try to do that every single time I preach because I know it's so abrasive to some people. Because you're so used to being screamed at 24-7. You sit down, you turn the TV on and pick up your phone. You get in the car, you blast the music until you get into a place where there's loud music going on and people talking and screaming at your face. So when we sit in those moments of silence, it feels so itches against some people. How are you going to hear him? How are you going to hear him? How are you going to point to the promises that he's given you? How are you going to say, hey, we're in disarray. We're messed up. Everything is going wrong in my life. I'm failing. I need help. You won't be able to even point to that promise if this isn't the foundation. Those prophets knew. They said, man, Jeremiah stood up and said, this is all going down, guys. We're going to get exiled. We're going to get destroyed. Our lives are going to be horrible. But he said, you know what? There's a time coming that from the root of Jesse, we'll be saved. Isaiah did the same thing. He said, there's somebody coming. He's going to save this world. He's going to save us all. But the only way that you can do that is if you hear the voice of the Lord, church. And I challenge you today to spend time with him, to spend time learning to hear his voice, to discern what it is he's trying to say. And so we see the time go by, and in Matthew 1, verse 17, we see from the lineage of David, from that root of Jesse, a Savior is born. In Matthew 1.17, it says, Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. 
Generation after generation after generation. We see God promise Abraham and a whole bunch of bad happens, right? We see God promise David and a whole bunch of bad happens. We see the Israelites exiled. A bunch of bad happens. But finally, the promise is fulfilled. And the Messiah was born. And you know, it's, it's hard because the world doesn't teach us true covenant. The world doesn't teach us true covenant. It teaches us covenant when it feels good. It teaches us covenant when it feels nice, when it serves you. But it doesn't teach you covenant when life is terrible. It doesn't teach you covenant when that person did you wrong. That's when covenant breaks, right? And that's why we even see today, we see people getting so upset. And it's, it's so funny. If you read your Bible, you wouldn't be upset. They say, why are we standing with Israel? Did you, you miss Genesis. Go back and start again. Because God made a covenant with his people. God made a covenant that your offspring will be blessed. Not when you're acting right. Not when you're feeling good, not when you're following my directions perfectly. No, 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 no. Your people are my chosen people, even when they nail me to a cross. Even when you're out here acting crazy, doing the exact opposite of what the Lord has told you to do, living beneath your calling, living opposite of what the promise of the Lord is for your life, you are still in covenant with him. You're still in covenant with him, and he's waiting for you to come back. But it's so opposite of what we've been taught because we've been taught if somebody does you wrong, get rid of them. If it's not serving you, if it doesn't bring you joy, break it off. We see marriages end. We see families torn apart because covenant doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Only when the person is acting according to how I feel is right. That's when we can keep covenant. And we see it broken, but we have to understand that his covenant is opposite of the world. Because when Jesus speaks, it's so. When he speaks, it becomes truth. Jesus says the sky is green. Guess what? The sky is green. If he says whatever, if he says down is up and up is down, guess what? We're changing up to down and down to up because his word is truth. And we see it in Isaiah, it said it will not return void. And so if there's been a calling placed upon you, if you've given your heart to him, whether you're acting wild or whether you're living according to his word, his word will not return void over your life. And you can sit there and resist it and try to run from it. But eventually, if he's spoken to you, if he's put this promise over your life, you're going to be back. I've grown up in this church long enough to see people come and people go. People be filled up with the Holy Spirit and drunk and divorced the next day. People lead a worship song and pray with their whole heart and then cheat on their wife. I've seen it. We have to choose. We have to choose. See, I'm either going to recognize this covenant and step into it 
or I'm going to sit here and play these games and wait. (laughs) But it's beautiful because we see the Savior come. We see the Messiah born. And we see and understand that, wow, he's accessible to everybody. He's accessible to everybody. Amen? He's accessible to everybody. (laughs) We see it in Luke. He sends, who does he send the angel to? Does anybody know? Say it out. Does he, do you know who, who he sent the angels to? Oh, you need to read your word, you see? The Bible app isn't teaching you enough. So listen, he sent his angels to the shepherds. He sent his angels to the shepherds. He sent the star to the wise men. But he sent the angel of the Lord to those shepherds. And he said, today unto you a savior is born. In the town of David... And in this moment, we see how accessible this Savior is. Why? Because he didn't send the angel to the king. He didn't send the angel to the rich people. He didn't send an angel to the elite of society. He sent his angel to the lowest of low. His people, from the root of Jesse, where David came from, that field where he anointed him at, working that flock, he said, those are my people. Unto you a savior has been born. A king at that time would have looked at that and said, what's wrong with this? I'm the king. I'm to be honored and glorified. And you sent an angel to a shepherd, to shepherds herding their flocks, the lowest of the low? Yeah. Yeah. That's who Jesus is for. He's accessible to all. Jesus said, those are my people. Those are my people. That's where I found the root of Jesse, in that field, taking care of those sheep. That's where I found him. That's where I found the one after my heart. It's accessible to all. You know, (laughs) we we were talking yesterday, and this is no shade to anybody, but it was really funny. One of my sisters got a plane ticket for Christmas. And we were getting on her because it was a nice plane ticket. Does anybody know the difference between a nice plane ticket and a plane ticket? Right? We, we know that, right? So we were getting on her. We said, oh, you flying, you flying United or American, whatever it is. So you're about to get a free carry-on. You're about to get snacks. You're going to get a pop. So I, okay, big time. <laughs> said, big time. Big boss moves. You're getting flown somewhere. (laughs) On a good flight, too. It's not like Spirit, where you get cussed at if you don't buckle your seatbelt right. You got to pay $32 for a cup of water. (laughs) So we don't turn the air on in here. It's going to be hot all flight. We passing out church fans. Look, (laughs) my church brothers, we going to pass out. Hey, look, that's what, I, that's what I fly. I get it. I know that. I, that's why I know it so well. <laughs> but Jesus came out, and it spoke to me this morning, and as I was, I was reading over my message, I said, Lord, you came for all of us. You came for the, the good plane ticket people, <laughs> and you came for me who's trying to stuff a week's worth of vacation into a personal item to fit into that little box They make you check it in to make sure you could bring it on the plane. So you came for all of us. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) 
You came for us all. Isn't that a blessing? <laughs> I'm with you, personal item people. <laughs> but you know, I say my back is really big, so my personal item has to be big too. You see what I'm saying? The <laughs> so he came for all of us. He came for all of us. And you can look at these promises. You can look at these promises to, to Abraham and to David. You can be like, wow, that's awesome for the Israelites. That's awesome for Israel and the Jewish people. But no, just like CJ was talking earlier, he's come to unite us. When Jesus was born, we became one family. Paul writes in Romans 11 about how we were grafted in. Our branch was grafted in to the root of Jesse. Our branch was grafted in to the root of Jesus. He's made us a part of this family, so it's our history. It's our history. It's our promise now. What he wrote after this, what the Bible says after this, these are our promises that we can look at and say, this will come to pass. This will come into the fulfillment of what God has spoken because we're a part of this now. We've been grafted in. We've been grafted into the root. Our branch is here now. And so when you read those promises spoken to David, it has a different weight to it. Because just like David, even though you were going to sin, even though you're about to go through it, even though you're going to mess up, he's saying, I'm with you. You've been blessed. You've been called. There's freedom that is found through what I paid for. There's freedom that is found through what I paid for. There's healing. There's peace. This is what you've been given. So it's ours now. It's not some storybook anymore. Up until then it was. Up until our Savior came, we had nothing to do with this. But he came to unite both. He grafted us in. He picked our branch up and said, here, you're a part of this root now too. You're a part of this body now, too. And I just want to talk to us really quickly about what's to come and how we have to move forward. Because I don't know about you, but I've seen this world, and it's looking eerily close to some of the things that have been prophesied. It's looking very close to some of the things that he said we should look out for before the time is up. And if we look at the timeline, we look at what happened from Adam to Abraham was 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus was 2,000 years. From Jesus to us was 2,000, about 2,000 years. We're right around 2,000 years. And I just want to read a verse for you. 1 Peter 3.8 says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord... A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And I don't know about you, but if you do the math, that's six days. And Pastor Kyle, you preached an excellent message about the rhythm of heaven, the rhythm and the cadence that God moves at. How many know that our Lord likes to do things on that seventh day? That number seven is a number of completion. That number seven is the number of completion. And so, church, I won't sit here and tell you that I know the day or the time or the hour when he's coming. But what I can say is that if you look at the time and you look at the signs, 
and you read these promises, we know it's soon. We know it's soon. And in verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And we can look at those promises and we can look at that time and say, oh, wow, Jesus is taking forever. A day is like a thousand years. It's been 6,000 years and you still want us to act like he's about to show up? But that's the earthly mindset. That's being wise by the standards of this world. If you're wise, become a fool so you can become wise. Because he's not slow. He's patient. He's patient. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And thank you, Jesus, for being patient with us. Thank you, Jesus, for being patient with us. Because if he wasn't, we would be done. If he wasn't, we would be finished. Thank you, Jesus, for looking down and saying, it's not time yet. I'm going to give him a little bit more time. Looking down again and saying, I'm going to give him more time. He's patient with us. He's a patient God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, my dad lives in Jacksonville, Florida, and I spent my summers there growing up in Duval. And when we were just little jet packs, we would say to each other this saying, we would say, tighten up. You say, tighten up. I want you to look at somebody today and say, tighten up. Tighten up. Church, it's time to tighten up. You got to understand that this is not the time for you to put your feet up. It's not the time for you to sit back and relax. It's time for you to understand that there's promises in this word. There's promises in this book. Don't spend this holiday and waste it, wasting your time following something else. Worrying about consumerism, worrying about some gifts, worrying about your cool outfit for Christmas. No, 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 no. That's not the time for this. I see people fighting online. We say Merry Christmas. Oh, congratulations. Like, I'm so happy you say Merry Christmas. But if that's the extent of what you do for the kingdom, and then argue with somebody and throw hate at them online, please, tighten up. Pick this word up. Pick this word up and know something about it. Pick this word up and have a relationship with him. Go into your family gatherings this weekend. Grab somebody and tell them the promises that are found in this book. Tell them that the Savior has been born. Tell them that the righteous branch, the root of Jesse, has come to this earth. That David's bloodline has been redeemed. That you have been redeemed. Grab them, hold of them, and say, this is the truth. Say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's what you got to tell him. Stop talking about everything else. It's time to tighten up. People are walking around in darkness. People are walking around in darkness in church. You are the conduits of light. You are the salt and light of this world. You know the truth. 
you know the promises that have been made. If you're in this room and you've given your heart unto the Lord, there's a promise over your life. If you've given your heart unto him, there's a promise. But with that promise comes a responsibility to bring heaven to earth and to win souls for him. There shouldn't be nobody around you that you know personally that you won't see up there with him. Make that your resolution this year. Don't have anybody around you walking around in depression. Don't allow the people that you're connected to to struggle with addiction. Walking around in darkness, that family member that you can't stand, that hurts you, that you know needs Jesus more than anybody, lay down your offense, grab hold of them, and tell them about the promises of the Lord. Tell them that our Savior has been born. Tell them that the root of Jesse has redeemed them. And as I close today, I want us to fill our heart with that hope. I want to fill our heart with that joy in understanding this promise. Understanding this promise that has been given. And I'm just going to read one more verse. I'd like us all to stand. But Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isaiah predicts the Savior coming, lays it out real clear and clean. He doesn't call him a branch. (laughs) No riddles here. He tells the truth of what's to come. And he says, and I just want this to be in our heart as we go today. In Isaiah 9 verse 6, it says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with the justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Thank you, Jesus. So church, today, I just want to pray over you. In this moment, posture yourself however it is to receive Don't be in your head right now. This isn't the time for that. Don't be conscious about what you look like. If that means you need to get down, if that means you lift your hands up, if that means whatever it may be, step forward, whatever it looks like for you. I just want the spirit of the Lord to move right now in this room. Jesus, move in this room right now. Holy Spirit, speak truth. Holy Spirit, speak truth. Jesus, you are our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Lord, we ask today that you will speak in this room. 
Speak now, Lord, your servants are listening. Lord, we turn our hearts to you right now in this moment. And I ask that you speak in this room. Speak promises into the lives that are before you now, God. Speak truth into the lives that are before you now, God. Rip the lies of the enemy right now, Holy Spirit, that have been ingrained into hearts. Rip the lies of the enemies that have called these people something other than your children, your blessed people, your holy priesthood. Rip those lies out right now, Holy Spirit, and replace them with the truth of your word. Replace them with the truth of your word that says they can do all things through Christ who gives them strength. That says there is no weapon formed against them that shall prosper in Jesus' name. It says they have been called. Lord, I ask that you would give peace right now in the midst of chaos. Bring peace into this room. Lord, we commit ourselves unto you. We don't put a time on the time that we spend with you. We don't put a limit on how many pages we read or how long we sit in your presence, God. I ask that you would give us the peace in your presence, Lord, that we would indulge in those moments of silence with you, that we would begin to indulge in those moments of silence in your presence. Lord, I ask that when we get weary, as the feet in this room grow weary, God, I ask that they will be reminded of the promise that they will be reminded of the truth that the, from the root of Jesse a branch came and it saved the world. Jesus, I ask that you will just cover us today. Keep our eyes focused on you. Allow us to look into your face. And we know when we look into your face we find peace. We find healing. We find joy. God, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you that he paid the price. We thank you that we've been grafted into this family, that this has become our history and our promise. Jesus, we bless your name. And we celebrate you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you would like prayer, we're going to have our altar ministers come to the front. We'll also have a prophetic word over here on this side. If you'd like to receive a prophetic word, our team will be over there. I want to tell you to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Merry Christmas.